Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders Network, featuring tales to terrify and the all-new Far-Fetched Fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. This is the Starship Sova, everybody. Welcome. Hello and welcome to show 444. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. We have a show for you. We start week one of our translation special month, where we take stories from all around the world that haven't been written in English to begin with, and it's been translated over. So, so looking forward to that. And But before that, you may have noticed with you, your feeds and with you kind of getting the shows, you might have had like a little double show or something around those lines. We have now successfully, hopefully, hopefully moved over from Libs in the Acast. And that's where the kind of the shows will be kind of coming out of. Not the website hosting, but these are the actual MP3 files. That's where we kind of sitting, sitting. That's where she's sitting at the moment. Starship's over. So that's that's what's happening there. Another thing, yesterday I turned 50. I did. Hey! And to celebrate what I got for my 50th birthday present was a little dog. <laughs> Not just for Christmas. Yes, I got a German short-haired pointer. Well, we, we got it a, a couple of weeks ago, but that was me, me 50th birthday present. Douglas, named after Douglas Adams. His full kennel name is Douglas42. And there's some pictures on Facebook there of him. Uh, yeah, he's cute as anything. <laughs> and just to try and get this show done, it's doing me head in. Because the others are still, well, two weeks, they're, kind of, they're settling down there now. I mean, we're kind of lucky enough the way our kind of house is and garden is, you know, we can kind of handle four dogs, whether I can handle them outside. Jeez, <laughs> people will be crossing the road. But... You know, hopefully, you know, that's it. And we're trying at this moment to get a, a show recorded when, because 
you can, you know, we've got him in a cage, like it sounds horrible, like a cage, like a pet cage, to buy puppy cage, so he's not kind of whittling all over the place and just in outside. But once he wants to get out of that, you know, it's like you just got to leave it there, you know, leave him there. But try to do a show. This is the third attempt, you know what I mean? I've now had to drag one of the other ones down to kind of play with him. And he's... he's Brilliant, but you know what I mean? The other ones are kind of like a little bit wary still. When the first couple of days, it was just like, what is that? You know, that kind of attitude now that they're a bit like indifferent. But if he gets a bit too excited with them, they'll tell him. You know, so it, you can hear him there, pop. <laughs> oh, Trying to be professional, yeah. He's now barking at Ralph. That's what he'll be doing. Just getting his little bum in the air. He's in front down and... So, yes, 50, man. Ten years ago when I started Starship Sofa. Well, actually, I would be. Bloody hell. Ten years this year. Mm. So, we have, like I say, a, a whole month of stories, you know, translated into English. You know, they weren't wrote in that English. And it, I'm so, you know, Jeremy has, has kind of done this and sorted this out. And there's a lot of work there to kind of put this together. So, both Jeremy and Ralph... You know, our assistant editor there just got this all sorted out. Just fantastic. This is week one. This story was originally written in Chinese and it's been translated into English. And I just want to give a, a big, a big, you know, shout out to Jim Freud with post-production from Skyboat Media. Do you know what I mean? That's a, this, this story was originally published in Lightspeed Magazine, issue number 63. Reprinted in Loose Upon the World, edited by John Joseph Adams as well. And like I say, it's been put together by Skyboat Media. Do you know? And uh, I'll, I'll get to the narrator, but it's Stefan Rodriguez who's the narrator. <laughs> oh, man, what a voice. So it's time to get straight into the main fiction. And like I say, it is The Smog Society by Chen Quifan, translated by Ken Liu and Carmen Lingyan. Again, it was originally published in Lightspeed Magazine, issue 63. Please pop over there and, you know, say hello and say hello to John Joseph Adams. I'll give you a little heads up about Chen. Chen Quifan, a.k.a. Stanley Chan, was born in Shantou, the Guangdong province. Chan is a science fiction writer, columnist, scriptwriter, and technology startup CMO. Since 2004, he's published over 30 stories in science fiction world, Esquire, many of which are collected in The Thin Code. His debut novel, The Waste Tide, was published in January 2013. Chan is the most widely translated young writer of science fiction China, with his short works translated into English, Italian, Japanese, Swedish, and Polish. He's been published in Quark, Quark's World, Clark's World, Interzone, and Fantasy and Science Fiction. He won Taiwan's Dragon Fantasy Award, China's Galaxy and Nebula, and Science Fiction and Fantasy Translation Award, along with Ken Liu. He lives in Beijing. And to get this kind of story, you know, translated over, two people have been involved. Ken Liu is the first, and most most people might, might know Ken is the author and translator of speculative fiction as well as a lawyer and programmer. My busy lad. 
His fiction has a PID in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction. Asimov's analog clocks were at light speed and strange horizons, amongst other places. He has won the Nebula, two Hugos, a World Fantasy Award, a Science Fiction and Fantasy Translation Award, and has been nominated for the Sturgeon and Locus Awards. He lives with his family near Boston, Massachusetts. Ken's debut novel, The Grace of Kings, was published by Simon & Schuster in 2015. Common Lingyang was born in China and currently attends UCLA. Since starting out as an amateur translator, her translation work has been published in Clark's World, Lightspeed and Galaxy Edge. Her writing has been published in Daily Science Fiction. Her other interests include drawing and ancient Chinese history. Like I say, this story is narrated by the one, the only, Mr. Stefan Rudnicki, who first became involved with audiobooks in 1994. <laughs> Stefan, like, go on. Uh, now a Grammy-winning audiobook producer, he has worked on more than 2,000 audiobooks as narrator, writer, producer, or director. He has narrated more than 300 himself. A recipient of multiple audiophile earphones awards, he was presented with the coveted audio award for solo narration in 2005, 2007 and 2014 and named one of Audiophile's Golden Voices in 2012. Ah, like I say, you just get this, oh man, it's just like caressing the ears when you listen to Stefan's work, you know what I mean? Just fantastic. So... The Starship Sova is very proud to present The Smog Society by Chen Qufan Translated by Carmen Yiling Yan and Ken Liu Lao Sun lived on the 17th floor facing the open street, nothing between him and the sky. If he woke in the morning to darkness, it was the smog's doing for sure. Through the murky air outside the window, he had to squint to see the tall buildings silhouetted against the yellow-gray background like a sandy-colored relief print. The cars on the road all had their high beams on and their horns blaring, crammed one against the other at the intersection into one big mess. You couldn't tell where heaven and earth met, and you couldn't tell apart the people, either. Passels of pedestrians dusty-faced under filter masks that made them look like pig-faced monstrosities, walked past the jammed cars. Lausun washed, dressed, and got his kit. Before he left, he made sure to give the picture frame on the table a wipe. He greeted the elevator girl, and the girl greeted him back behind a layer of mesh gauze. It's twelve degrees Celsius today, with the relative humidity at sixty-four percent, Visibility is less than two kilometers, and the air quality index of 68 indicates severe smog. Long-distance travelers, please be careful. Young children, the elderly, and those with respiratory illnesses, please remain indoors. Lausun smiled, put on his mask, and stepped out of the elevator. On his light electric bike, he nimbly wove through the gaps between the crawling traffic. There were plenty of children banging on car windows, hawking newspapers and periodicals, but no cleaners. The smog was here to stay for another couple of weeks. No point in cleaning cars now. Through the goggles on his mask, he could just barely see the road for a couple dozen meters ahead. It was as if someone was standing above the city, pouring dust down endlessly. The sky was darker than the ground, dirty and sticky, even with a filter mask. 
You felt as if the smog could worm its way through everything, through dozens of layers of polymer nanomaterial filter membrane and into your nostrils, your pores, your alveoli, your blood vessels, and swim all over your body from there. Stuff your chest full until you couldn't breathe, and turn your brain into a drum of concrete too thick to stir or spin. People were like parasites burrowed into the smog. On these occasions, Lao Sun always thought of old times with his wife. Oh, Lao Sun, can't you drive slower? There's no rush. Mm. Lao Sun, stop at that store ahead. I'll buy a bottle of water for you. Mm. Lao Sun, why aren't you saying anything? How about I sing you a song? You used to like singing. Mm. Lao Sun parked his bike at the roadside and entered the big fancy skyscraper with all the fancily dressed men and women going in and out. They were all wearing filter masks, saving them the trouble of greeting him. The building manager was polite to him, though. He told him one of the public elevators was broken, so the others were crowded. He should use the freight elevator in the back, although it meant climbing a few more floors. Lawson smiled and said it was fine, although the manager couldn't see that, of course. He took the freight elevator to the twenty-eighth floor, then climbed the stairs to the open platform on the top floor. It made him pant and puff a little, but no matter. From the top of the skyscraper he could better see the smog. The aerosolized particles that engulfed the city hung thick like protoplasm, motionless. Lao Sun began to unpack his bag, taking out and assembling each intricate scientific instrument. He wasn't clear on how they worked, but he knew how to use them to record temperature, pressure, humidity, visibility, particulate matter, density, and so on. The devices were spruced-up versions of civilian-use models, less precise but much more portable. He glanced northwest. He should have been seeing grand palaces and shining white pagodas, but today there was only the same murk as everywhere else. He remembered how it looked in the fall, the red leaves dyeing the hillsides layer by layer, trimming the clear blue sky, the white towers and the falling leaves all reflected in the lake's emerald surface, a tranquil airiness through which the cooing of pigeons drifted. On that day, the two of them had sat in a boat at the center of the lake, rowing slow circles. The oars drew ripples that washed aside the fallen leaves. Golden sunlight spilled on the water, glittering. She was covered in golden light, too. A rare thing to have a peaceful day like this. Soon sing something. Haven't sung in a long time. I remember we went rowing here twenty years ago. A whole twenty years ago. That's right. Lowly's son is almost the age we'd been. I, I didn't mean it that way. I know what you meant. I really didn't. This is pointless. All right, if it's boring, we'll go back. He would have been ten by now. Didn't you say not to talk about this? Soon I still want to hear you sing. Forget it. Let's go back. At the designated time, Lao Sun recorded the data, then started packing up. He knew that at that moment there were more than a hundred individuals like him in each and every corner of this city doing the same thing. They belonged to a civilian environmental organization, 
officially registered as the Municipal Smog Research and Prevention Society, unofficially known by the catchier moniker of the Smog Society. Their logo was a yellow window with a sponge wiping through the accumulated grime, leaving behind a patch of cerulean blue. The Smog Society wasn't as radical as some green groups, but it wasn't the government's cheering squad either. Its official status was unclear, its work low-key, its membership slowly and steadily growing. They sometimes appeared in the media, but only quietly and cautiously. All groups had their own worldview and style, but not all viewpoints were acceptable. The Smog Society only espoused what was acceptable. Aside from the biological dangers, smog also caused psychological harm, easily overlooked but with far greater and longer-lasting consequences. Lao Sun hurried to the next sampling location. On his way he saw some people with bare faces, manual laborers unable to afford masks. Their skin was much dimmer and grayer than the sky, suffused with an inky gleam like coarse sandpaper. They were constructing a completely enclosed skywalk to connect the whole of the central economic district together seamlessly so people wouldn't have to go outside. Lausun knew that antioxidant facial films were all the rage right now. Many women would apply a 30-nanometer-thick layer of imported facial spray before putting on their masks. It blocked UV radiation and toxins and would naturally shed with the skin. Of course, not everyone had a face precious enough. If the facial spray had appeared a few years earlier, he would have bought it for his wife, for sure. Just a few years earlier. He shook his head. It felt as if his old wife was once again sitting behind him. Ai, Lao Sun, do you think the weather will get better tomorrow? Mm. This awful weather makes me feel all stifled, like there's a rope choking me, getting tighter bit by bit. Mm. Lao Sun, how about we move somewhere else? Leave this place? Should have left early, then. We're standing by the coffin's side now. Where are we supposed to go? That's true. We should have left early. We should have left early if we were going to leave. He stopped the bike. This was a large stock exchange center, where every day a mix of young and old and of every color congregated to stare at the huge LCD screens suspended in midair, their expressions shifting with the rise and fall of graphs and numbers. It was a giant gambling den, where everyone thought themselves a winner, or a soon-to-be winner. As usual, Lao Sun climbed onto the roof and began his measurements. Lao Sun vaguely knew some of the Smog Society's philosophy, but not well. Maybe his rank wasn't high enough. He'd joined the Smog Society for simple reasons, giving some purpose to his monotonous post-retirement life. Of course, by the time you lived to his age, you tended to understand that having a purpose in life wasn't any more important than living itself. One afternoon he'd been dragged to some so-called psychological counseling course, located on the tenth floor of a rundown building where the elevator doors squeaked. He wasn't interested, but he'd caved under his old co-worker's pleading and gone with him. At first he'd thought it was some Buddhist or Taoist lecturer spouting philosophy to con people into giving him money, but he discovered otherwise. 
He first filled out a quiz that indicated that his depression level scored 73 out of 100. Out of all the attendees, he counted as below average. The speaker smoothly drew his audience in. Some began to sob and wail, some threw chairs, others hugged each other tightly and revealed their most deeply hidden little secrets. Lawson had never seen anything like it. He didn't know what to do. Someone patted his shoulder, a lady of about thirty who could be considered beautiful, though not beautiful enough to move someone Lao Sun's age. "'Sorry to bother you, but I saw your answer sheet. You mentioned the weather as a factor.' Mm, "'The smog.' She introduced herself as the administrator of the Municipal Smog Research and Prevention Society. He didn't remember her name. "'You don't seem to like talking. Something on your mind?' Mm. Our association is recruiting volunteers right now. Maybe you'd be interested. Here's our flyer. He wanted to say no, but he glanced at the flyer and a few words caught his eye. He accepted it. Maybe we can provide you with a new view of smog. Mm. Lausun wanted to ask more, but she'd hurried away already. A specter flashed in front of his eyes at that moment. His wife... He looked at the flyer again. Smog causes an increase in city residents' depression rates. So it began. The current consensus holds smog to be the product of industrial pollution combined with natural weather patterns, automobile exhaust, industrial waste gas, and other forms of man-made particulate matter are caught in thermal inversions where the temperature of the air decreases with altitude, cold on top and hot on the bottom. An inversion layer forms 100 meters from the surface and closes over the ground like the lid of a pot. With no wind, pollutants in the city disperse too slowly and become concentrated near the surface. Combined with lack of precipitation, strong sunlight, and low humidity, the conditions promote photochemical reactions between pollutants to form smog. As of now, there are no methods of prevention. For Lao Sun, aside from bronchitis, acute emphysema, asthma, pharyngitis, strokes, and the other physical ailments, the most immediate consequence of smog was the sense of removal from the world. Whether you were dealing with people or things, you felt as though you were separated by a layer of frosted glass. No matter how hard you tried, you couldn't really see or touch. That the masks meant to protect from smog added a second layer was especially ironic. The detachment, the numbness, the estrangement, and the apathy now all had an obvious physical excuse for existing. The city was cocooned. The people were cocooned. As Lao Sun rode his bike... The highway overpasses wound overhead like giant dragons, alternating light and shadow. They widened the roads every year, but the traffic still grew more and more congested. Even so, all these people remained willing to squeeze themselves into their little cars, watch the endless lines crawl forward inch by inch. They hid in their four or five square meter metal cans and kept a safe distance from the world and other people and so the air pollution worsened, too. 
At last he reached his final destination, a daycare called Sunflower. Sunflower Daycare was built on a raised railway platform and looked like a giant glass greenhouse with children studying and playing on each floor. They didn't need masks. The parents had to foot the bill for the expensive air circulation systems, but even so, looking at those healthy, rosy, bare faces crying or laughing, it seemed worth it. At least they were still genuine. At least they still had hope. Each time Lao Sun would hungrily gaze at the children behind the glass, losing track of time. As he looked at these exposed souls romping and frolicking, another voice would sound, so close it seemed right next to him, so far it seemed decades in the past. I know what you're thinking. No, you don't. I know. No, you do not. Fine, fine, let's not argue. I promise you five more years. Five years? Can I still bear a child in five years? There are plenty of thirty-year-olds having children nowadays. Our finances are only so-so, and with our surroundings a dirty mess like this, it would be unfair to the kid. We'll work hard for another few years, and then we'll go somewhere better to have a child. Let them grow up somewhere nice. You're talking pie in the sky. You always do. Being able to do it well is a skill, too. We'll go to the doctors in the afternoon. I want to hear you sing. Sure. Whatever you want to hear. Lausun tasted salt in the corner of his mouth. Something had trickled down his face and between his lips. Strange how the present seemed so blurry when he could see and hear everything from his memories so clearly. Sometimes they'd play over and over in his mind. No wonder they said old people got nostalgic. That conversation was decades old. When you're young, money is important, a house is important, a car is important, everything is important. And yet you still end up neglecting the most important things of all. By the time you earn all your money and get all the things you ought to have, some things are lost forever. Lao soon understood now, but he was already old. And so far, no one had invented a time machine or a pill to take away regret. Lao Sun had to submit his recordings to the Smog Society Headquarters Data Analysis Center, but he didn't know how to use the Internet, so he had to find Zhao Wang, one of his Smog buddies. That was how members referred to each other. Zhao Wang had joined the Society half a year earlier than Lao Sun. He had a job during the day and spent his free time with the Society. They were from the same hometown, so they ended up close to each other. Zhao Wang seemed somewhat excited as he led Lao Sun to his office and had his secretary pour a cup of water. Then he said, So you still don't know? Lao Sun shook his head, confused. Know what? Our association sent in the report to the government. What report? The research report about the smog. Oh, well, it's not like we'll get to see it. Hey, I spend my spare time helping the Smog Society process data. I know the gist of the report. Just don't go spreading it around. Don't worry. Who would I talk to? You know the Smog Society's central statement, right? The thing about smog and mental illness? Who doesn't? Most people only know about the correlation between smog and mental illness, not the causation. What do you mean? 
Did you think you were just weather-watching, Lao Tzu? Zhao Wang began to lay out the deeper theory. The Smog Society's monitoring had three components. Lao Sun participated in the basic weather monitoring. In addition, at each sampling location, the psychological states of the relevant people were monitored. The exact method was unclear, maybe with miniature RFID chip sampling, maybe with the entrance security systems or networks, maybe using free goodies with questionnaires attached. Of course, the easiest and most accurate way was to pay the target population to download software that displayed survey questions to be answered at specific times. Either way, they managed. More secretly, they conducted laboratory experiments, researching aerosol distribution in the atmosphere, the electrosensitivity of organic hydrocarbons, bioelectric fields, physical manifestations of psychological conditions under different environmental circumstances and other similar topics. A tenet of statistics is using large quantities of long-term data to eliminate sampling biases and other sources of error. All of this effort had one goal, creating a mathematical model of smog to examine the connection between aerosol systems and human psychological states, controlling for weather conditions. They discovered that the bioelectrical fields generated by groups displayed coherence. The overlay of peaks and valleys caused the bioelectric field within a certain area to approach constancy. It was like the folk wisdom that fair and foul moods were both infectious, and these large-scale bioelectric fields in turn affected the distribution of aerosolized particles. Generally, the lower the psychological health score the greater the density of particulate matter and the more stable their formation. In other words, the thicker the smog and the slower it dispersed. They also found that within the PM distribution system were bands of greater density, like ocean currents, mostly located along thoroughfares with severely congested traffic flowing sluggishly, dissipating once the traffic eased to congregate in nearby areas with high population density. The sampling locations in the central economic district and high-density residential areas showed PM densities significantly higher than the average in other sampling locations. These areas had the lowest psychological health scores as well. In contrast, areas with dense populations of teenagers and children had higher psychological health scores and the air quality tended to be better. And at large stock exchanges, the psychological health score, the air quality rating, and the stock prices were all closely correlated. Causation also went the other way. The smog lowered people's psychological health scores. Therefore, barring major changes in weather, marauding cold fronts, or an increase in wind, the smog would continue to strengthen its grip. Lao Sun listened dazedly to Zhao Wang's explanation, he felt like he understood a little and not at all at the same time. Finally, he said, So smog is caused by how we feel. Zhao Wang clapped his hands. I spouted all that drivel and you summed it up in a sentence. Wow! Lao Sun said, We used to love talking about the heart, not the brain. It's the other way around nowadays. We've modernized. We use science now. Anyway, we won't need to record the weather anymore.
Not necessarily. We have to see how the government responds. Lao Sun said goodbye to Zhao Wang and returned home. There were still leftovers in the refrigerator, ready to heat and eat. Ready to heat and eat. In that moment he felt like he'd returned to that hot, humid night. The two of them lay side by side, unable to sleep. Lao Sun, do you think tomorrow will be a good day? Hmm. I've had a couple of strange days. I keep dreaming about things from before when we just met. Hmm? The sky was always blue back then, and the clouds were white. There weren't so many buildings. There were big polonia trees on either side of the road, and when the wind blew, their leaves would rustle. Sha, sha. You'd take me nice places on your bike. There weren't so many cars back then either. The roads were so wide and open, you could see all the way from one side to the other. The sun wasn't nasty. There were birds and cicadas. We'd ride to the city outskirts and lay down on the grass wherever we liked. It felt so good. Lao Sun, you remember, right? Hmm. I also remember that you had so many entertaining tricks back then. You juggled, you played the harmonica, and you always wanted to sing me songs. I didn't want to listen, and you'd chase after me, singing, singing. What was that song again? That's right, I remember now. Young friends gather, wasn't it? <laughs> La Sun, tomorrow morning I want to go out for a while. I've put breakfast in the fridge for you. Just heat and eat. Are you asleep? The next day, when Lao Sun woke, his wife had already left. He took out the meal from the fridge, heated it, and ate. The laundry from the night before still hung on the balcony. The sky was still gray. She never came back. Lao Sun suddenly panicked, like he'd never panicked before. He hadn't panicked like this back then when he first saw her. He remembered how he'd dug through his heart to find things to say back then, while she replied so carelessly. He'd felt as frantic as an ant on a hot pot. Then they were going out, and there was no end to the back and forth. Then they married. Each attending to their own career, they'd had less time together and less to say. They said a bit more only when they fought. His career alternately rose and fell, and she missed her best childbearing years. She started to nag. He started to hold his tongue. They fought, and they threatened divorce. But in the end, neither of them could leave the other. One nagging the other silent, they'd passed so many years. It seemed that both of them had gotten used to it. If you weren't meant to love each other, you wouldn't be together, Lao Sun had thought. It wouldn't be a half-bad life to be like this till the end. But almost at the finish line, she left. Lao Sun felt like his heart emptied in that moment, deflated to nothing, like a burst balloon. A week later, the Smog Society disbanded. Some people from the government invited Lao Sun to have tea and talk, but allowed him to leave afterwards. Several of the organization leaders had disappeared, and the corps members had also been called in to talk. When they returned, they said nothing. 
When they met smog buddies, they looked at them like strangers. Rumors spread after that. Some said that the smog above the city was actually an enemy country's new climate-altering weapon, while others said it was a side effect of their own country's new secret weapon tests gone wrong. There was an even bolder theory, claiming that the smog was really a massive, gaseous life form. It, or maybe they, lumbered over the city subsisting on industrial waste gas and the nitric acid, sulfuric acid, and hydrocarbon particles from automobile exhaust. They were slowly dissolving the calcium in human bones. In time, people would become afflicted with osteoporosis and rickets. Children and the elderly would easily break bones, even become paralyzed. Of course, the rumors were quickly debunked. After investigation, the calcium-sucking monster story was tracked back to a calcium supplement manufacturer. Its unscrupulous marketing practices were punished as they deserved. The government vowed to formulate a five-year plan to return blue skies to the people. As for that report, it was as if it never existed. Today was smoggy again. Lao Sun got up early as usual, washed, dressed, and got his travel things. Before he left, he made sure to give the picture frame on the table a wipe. The woman in the frame smiled at him. The photo was more than ten years old by now. He smiled at the elevator girl. The elevator girl saw the mask he carried and smiled back. Lao Sun put on his mask and got on his light electric bike. It was festooned with lights and streamers of every color and played chipper music. All along his journey, passers-by in pig-snouted masks watched him, pointed at him. His bike was like a Brazilian parrot zipping through a desert, brilliant, colorful, and noisy. He went straight to Sunflower Daycare, got off the bike, and stood in front of the massive glasshouse. Lao Sun opened his bag and scooped out his strange little knick-knacks. First he filled some helium balloons and let them float high. The children stopped their games and ran to the window to watch this man in the clown mask. The music continued to play from the bike's speakers. He followed the rhythm slowly and comically contorting his body, and began to juggle. See? I can juggle three oranges at once. Watch. You won't watch? Then I'll play the harmonica for you. I don't even need my hands. I can change pitch with just my tongue. Then I'll sing for you. What song do you want to hear? I know them all. Lao Sun was breathing heavily. Something had trickled down his face and into his mouth. Salty. The little pixies were wide-eyed, their faces pressed against the window pink and white. They were laughing, showing their teeth, some of them clutching their bellies even. The caretakers were laughing too. I know what song you'll like. I'll sing it for you right now. No way you know. I know. Listen, if you don't believe me. You're all talk. An old song played from the speakers. Young friends, we young friends are gathering today, rowing the boats as the warm wind blows. Flowers sweet, birds a tweet, spring sun to get you drunk, 
and laughter flies round the clouds in circles. The melody, which was so cheerful that it verged on the absurd, pierced the glass. The children began to move to the music, following the clown in his gymnastics. They laughed unabashedly, singing, dancing, crowing, every bare face shining golden. Lausun looked up at the sky. The smog seemed to be thinning, too. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And there you go. I hope you like that. Yes, more please, Jeremy. Thank you so much for putting this together. Big thank you to Chen Kufan. To Ken, Ken Liu and Carmen Lingyan, just uh, amazing. And the voice man of Stefan, Stefan, you just pulled all that together, you know, everything. Well, what can I say? A big thank you as well, to, uh, again, to Jim, Jim Freud for post-production. Just, just lovely. Skyboat Media, they can do their stuff. Big shout out to them. Thank you so much for for letting us have this, you know, and it's been an honour, you know what I mean? Again, big, big thank you to John Joseph Adams as well for letting us you know, use this story. It's just, it's an honour to kind of, to, to bring this kind of work out to, to Starship Sofa's listeners, you know what I mean? We're all about diversity and everything, you know, from all the corners of the world, you know. It's it's quite bizarre that I sit here in my little cosy living room, you know what I mean, kind of just on the coast of the northeast of England and this show just goes out right across the world and that's the pinnacle of man of it you know what i mean that's the beauty of it you know what i mean we are just one one world one nation man it's just lovely i can see from stats where everyone is and it's bizarre you know what i mean it's just lovely that this show goes out to everywhere do you know what i mean and and like you say jeremy took this on his back and to bring stories from around the world for this you know 
it's truly, you know, I'm like I say, honoured to kind of present them. And a big thank you to, to, to Chen for, for letting, you know, kick off this first, this first one, this month of specials. Big thank you to Chen. It's just, you know, fantastic. So that is today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? I certainly have. It's been, from my point of view, it's, it's been a bit of tr- <laughs> Right the way throughout this, you know, you think you, you put you, you play and then you get the end and that's it. It hasn't been. I've been up out of this seat three times to kind of sort out the pup. I've had I've had to sit with him for twenty minutes within this little few words of mine to have me breakfast and sit with him. Do you know what I mean? It's, and I've actually I'm, I'm sweating now just to try and. Get, just to try and get this done, you know. Uh, yep, that's a wrap. Yes, I did it. You know what I mean, so hopefully, hopefully something's gonna have to happen. Get, I have to get my wife back to kind of look after the little and he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Have a look at the the pictures on some pictures on Facebook. You know what I mean? It's just cute as anything. So yes. The week that your captain was 50, we bring out a fantastic story. Thank you so much, everyone involved, and, you know, for the future stories coming out from Starships over this month-long special. Big thank you to Jeremy. Until next week, just like to say, good night from me. Will our heroes survive this terrible ordeal? Can they win through with their integrity unscathed? Can they escape without completely compromising their honor and artistic judgment? Tune in next week for the next exciting installment of Stories of Evacuation Procedure Machine. Shuttle set for This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network. Dedicated to podcasting the finest genre. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com Thank you for listening.